Hello and welcome to the second episode of the Civic Action Podcast, the voice of the next generation. My name is Mauritz, and I'm the founder and executive director of Virtuta Populum. We're the nonprofit organizing this podcast. Virtuta Populum is a 501c3 student led nonprofit organization dedicated to promoting civic engagement and community involvement among youth in Miami-Dade County. We do this through programming, advocacy, and education. The Civic Action Podcast is one of the ways in which we choose to carry out our mission. Today, we are in the 305 Vox Populi studio in Miami Lakes, thanks to the generosity of Miami Lakes Mayor Manny Sid. I also want to give a special thank you to the Miami Lakes Chamber of Commerce for their support in making this possible. Today, we have an incredible guest, Dr. Jose Doltres, the superintendent of Miami-Dade County Public Schools. It's such an honor to have you here, Mr. Doltres. Thank you so much for coming out, superintendent. Thank you so much. It's my honor. So just just to kind of get started and break the ice a little bit, tell us about you, Dr. Doltres. How did you come to, to be the superintendent and what's your experience in, in education? How was, how was your growing up and how did it kind of lead you into where you are today? Sure. So... I arrived here as a uh, as an immigrant boy, five years old, from Cuba, and uh, basically studied in Miami-Dade County Public Schools. All of my schooling was here public. And then what I did was I attended multiple local universities here, and I graduated with a bachelor's degree in public administration, always interested in service to the public. I actually, after that, one of the my first jobs was on the private sector, worked for American Express, became a field auditor, but I was always interested in helping youth and helping children. And teaching was something that interests me. So I actually departed uh, my role and my job as a field auditor for American Express and began a teaching career. I felt it was important. And sure enough, when I became a teacher, uh, it did not feel like a job. It felt like uh, uh, a profession, something that I really, really, really cared about. And then in the school district, I was fortunate enough, enough to have some really good people mentor me. After becoming a teacher, I became an assistant principal. I grew later into becoming a principal. After that, got involved with the development of school leaders. Eventually became a region superintendent which supervises schools, then became part of human resources, part of the district. I had an opportunity. I was actually recruited to go to Broward County Public Schools. I became their chief academic officer, but then I came back home to Miami-Dade County Public Schools, served as the former superintendent's chief of staff, but I was also given an opportunity to go to Collier County Public Schools as a deputy superintendent. And I was there about 10 months, approximately 10 to 11 months. And so the opening of superintendency becomes a a possibility in Dade. And this is my home. I grew up here professionally. I grew up here as well in the school district. And so I opted to be considered for the superintendent. And here I am serving a community that that I love, a community that I know and a community that truly cares about education and lifting the potential of every single child. 
That's an, an incredible story. And we sure are glad that despite leaping to Broward and to Collier, that you eventually did come in and make your way home. And, and we're grateful for your leadership. And I can tell you from personal experience, I mean, being a student in Miami-Dade County Public Schools is what's uplifted me to be where I'm at, where I am today, hosting this podcast and and really focusing on promoting civic engagement for so many students. Um, because opportunities and incredible teachers, the teachers are incredible, staff is incredible, but it's also many opportunities that kind of uplift students academically that I wanted to kind of talk to you about. So for example, I know that you guys have dual enrollment uh, with Miami Day College. Um, our previous guest was president of Miami Day College North Campus. I know you guys have the summer youth internship program. Uh, I know some students even graduate with their associate's degree. So I kind of wanted to talk about programs like that, um, that promote students' uh, academic achievement. Um, what do you think about programs like that? And what's the district doing to ensure that students uh, continue to be enrolled in advanced academic programs? Sure, Moritz. Listen, it, it's extremely important. Now, going to school or being part of a high school, you have to think beyond. And what we are providing an opportunity for many students, right, many students to take dual enrollment courses, that what they're actually doing, they're gaining college credits while being in high school. And that has tremendous advantages. Not only that you will be finished with maybe your college work earlier, but you're also um, defraying or delaying or completely mitigating costs that will be associated with a college degree. We have many advanced placement courses. We provide dual enrollment and we're encouraging this more and more. Uh, and so it's part now of what we call high school academic acceleration. There's plenty of opportunity. We have some incredible partnerships with Miami-Dade College, with Florida International University, and we wanna make sure that, that there's a bridge that no longer do we just stop in high school and then we start in college, no. There's a, there's a bridge that you can start in high school your college career. Some of our students, believe it or not, uh, can earn up to maybe 15 or even more college credits through dual enrollment. And so when they enter the university, they're extremely prepared and they're focused in terms of where they're headed. So we are trying to create a sense, right, that high school and college, you can bridge them through many different type of opportunities and many different type of courses that are available of interest to students that are in high school. So for all our students watching that, that are students in the school district, keep what Dr. Dilger said in mind and maybe go talk to one of your counselors if you haven't already on how you can take opportunities like dual enrollment and, and save money and, and gain college credit mm -hmm. while still in high school. And, and that kind of brings us to our next subject when it comes to students advancing, which is student leadership. I know the school district ha has a lot of opportunities, whether it comes to school site uh, clubs or through even the district student government association, which you guys have. What value do you as superintendent place on student leadership? Uh, how important is that to you? And, and how do you feel when you see uh, incredible students making change in their community? So when I see you, I see what I've always felt, that there is a leader in every single child, in every single student. At the end of the day, we should be able to help students become the leaders that they can be, the leaders of the future, right? And I, I believe there's a leader in every student. Providing opportunities for the student voice is really important. 
And as a school district, doing, we're doing this more and more. The student voice becomes important. When we develop programs, right? For example, a great example is what we did in middle school. As we tried to redesign middle school, the student voice was important, right? Students leading students' voices, providing opportunities for us to understand what it is that they need and what the student experience in school is all about. If students don't experience school in a positive way, it's not, we're not maximizing the learning and the capacity that they have to think beyond and dream about what they truly can become. Leadership is really important. And leadership is not owned by adults. Leadership is also owned by students. And your group in particular, it's incredibly encouraging that you're bringing a group of students, right? And see, the thing is, what I've always seen is, yes, right now you're young. Right now you're in 10th grade. But when I see you, I have to see you in the future. I have to see your potential. And so that's what leadership is all about. We need to do more in building, asserting, and making sure that we're encouraging our students to become leaders in many different areas. They may lead into climate change. Like today, I was at FIU uh, MAST, and there's a huge focus there on climate, on atmosphere, right? You have student leaders that are taking charge and taking ownership of it. You have student leaders that care about local conditions, local problems, civic engagement, and, and that's one of the things that is becoming important. We have student government associations in every single one of our high schools. Let's just not think about high schools, student leaders. Let's think about them in middle school. Let's think about them in elementary. When I was an assistant principal in Milam, K-8, we had what we call the leader circle. And those were students that were making decisions for the school and their voice counted. So leadership is important at every step of the way. I, I agree 100%. And many of the programs that we do with Virgin Popolo specifically target middle school students to encourage that. Uh, but I, I want to go back to something you said about uh, listening to students and, and giving them a voice and whether that be they want to lead, like you mentioned, climate change or civic engagement. But I think it all starts with giving students a voice and adults listening to them. And I think the perfect example would be the position of student advisor to the school board, which I know Miami-Dade County Public Schools has. I know Broward has it. I'm not sure if Collier did, but we did some research. And out of the 67 counties in Florida, most of them don't have a student advisor position to the school board. And that's one of our goals uh, through Virtuto Populo is that uh, eventually we hope to advocate to every single county in the hopes that every county has a student sitting on the dais with the school board members uh, to kind of represent the student voice. But how does it feel to you sitting only a few seats away from from incredible student leader and to have their voice be heard on the school board? And do you think that's something that should be applied throughout Florida? So let me just tell you, so right now in Collier, there is no student voice on the board. They, Collier is about ready to select a superintendent. And if the interim superintendent there now is selected, uh, she is a very close friend of mine, I will most definitely would want her to speak to you so Thank that you. you can express how important it is. It's very important. The fact that we are leading a school district and the school district is all about how we service students and their parents, that voice on the school board is very, very important. 
And we've had outstanding student advisors in our school board. Our current one is extremely articulate, bright. They bring the balance of the adults trying to some, sometimes say, wait a minute, let's see what the student has to add. And what the student advisor provides, it provides the voices of many of the high schools being brought. So it's the collective voice being brought to the table by one powerful, articulate, very intelligent individual that can participate in public discourse. So uh, we've had outstanding student advisors and I commend you for trying to create a mission to have a student voice across every single district. I was not aware that many school districts did not have them. In fact, to me and Dade, it's a natural thing. Right. So natural. And when you said that many do not have them, you're absolutely right. Collier County Public Schools, which I was there recently, they do not have a student advisor on the board. And I'm hoping that the new superintendent may want to do something about that. Well, we're glad to have brought it on your radar yes, uh, because it's something we're very passionate about. And you're completely right. Andrea, the current student advisor, is excellent. And, and I kind of I want to talk a little bit quickly about district student government. I know I mentioned it earlier, um, which is advised by Mr. Brzozowski from the Department of Social Sciences. Excellent, excellent professional as well. Uh, but I know last year you met with district student government, um, and I think we're scheduled to meet this year again. Uh, how does it make you feel when you have these students coming up to you and expressing their concerns? Um, do you think that's something that should be done more often? Uh, do you do you take those uh, recommendations into account when making decisions? How, how does that work for you? That, so when I arrived as a superintendent, I've, and I've been on the job now a year and two months, to me I wanted to have uh, three really important important voices in the, from the school district, maybe four. I wanted to make sure that I captured the voices of the principals because they lead schools. I wanted to make sure that I captured the voices of uh, teachers of the year. And I wanted to make sure that I captured the voices of students. Three very important pieces of folks that I think build the collective of what we have to listen to. I was so impressed and so encouraged by our first meeting. And a lot of the conversation that took place there, if you recall, were issues of diversity, were issues of how students are treating each other and how we can make that a focus of what we're doing, right? Mental health issues came up. So it was incredibly informative for me to be able to say, when I meet with my cabinet, when we make decisions, wait a minute, this is what the students are saying. This is what they're sensing in school. I always say this, the student experience is what really, really counts. And if I don't have these groups to interact with and listen to, how can I capture that? I mean, I visit a lot of schools. I ask a lot of questions. But you remember that meeting collectively? Yeah. What was incredible, it was one of you from every high school. And yet, what was coming, what you were sharing, were all very similar in nature. So I cannot wait. I've, I've asked several times when am i meeting with a group of students again when am i so the other day they told me you have it on your calendar you'll be meeting with them um shortly i can't wait i can't wait because number one it's um it's important and i believe very strongly that i need to do it three times a year not only two 
Of course, I'm trying to get adjusted to the schedule, and I'm learning my uh, how to manage it a little bit better. But next year, what I'm planning to do is do a beginning, uh, middle of year, and end of year. And Andrea Pita, that sits on our school board, I have to tell you, I'm just so impressed with her ability to analyze uh, policy that we're implementing and always come back and say, this is what my colleagues, these are what students are saying in the schools. Very, very important to everything that we do. Uh, and I really appreciate you wanting to meet with the District Student Government Association even more. It, it really speaks to, to how much you care about what we have to say, and, and I really respect that. And I kind of want to focus on uh, something you mentioned, mental health. Mm -hmm. I would be remiss to to not mention it when, when having you here at the table because many of my peers um, have, have expressed that concern uh, through the many organizations that I find myself involved in. That's always the one common factor that's brought up by students. Um, so what is the district doing? I know there's, there's state standards that you guys have to meet, and I was in Tallahassee a few weeks ago, and many of the representatives mentioned that as well, how they're trying to work on those standards. But what does MDCPS do um, and what do you think is important about giving uh, mental health services to, to middle, high school, and even elementary students? It is extremely important, Mona. I mean, right now, we are in a world where we cannot think that academics, that school is for academics only, right? Whether it's the pandemic or maybe we've always needed this, right? Maybe the need for mental health awareness and mental health support has always been around. However, the pandemic just brought it to a different level. And as a result of that, I think we're servicing students much more carefully. I think we're looking at students more holistically and understanding that they have this entire social emotional side that we need to look at. What are we doing? We've added a host of mental health coordinators that support our school counselors. We've added another layer of positions called student support specialists. These are individuals, two and three layers of individuals that can support students in the classroom, in their school environment, but connect them to outside agencies as well. Um, awareness is huge. So we've been doing a lot of training with teachers, right? And students to take away the stigma of mental health. Mental health is something that many of us need. And, you know, academic health, mental health and physical health, they all come hand in hand. And one of the latest things that we've done, because I also worry about the families, we've now extended our mental health assistance line to families Monday through Sunday from 8 in the morning to 8 o'clock at night. Oh, so wow. there's always a connection um, if it's needed, if parents are experiencing difficulties with their children or their children are expressing needs that we may not be aware of. Uh, and it's very reassuring to know that the leader of our of our district cares about about our mental health and because because it's it's a big issue that's come up um, uh, lately. Uh, but I kind of want to shift the topic briefly uh, to to civics, which is what this podcast is all about. And I was telling you outside about some of the incredible programs we're doing, and a new one I want to highlight that we're planning to start for August is is all about cultural exchange and we're partnering with a school in Ollantaytambo which is a small town uh, near Machu Picchu in Peru and very limited technological access but we've actually worked with the principal there and we're going to work with a few high schools here and we're going to start a letter exchange program uh, and they even have offered uh, to, to teach students here Quechua 
uh, by video so we can teach them English because it's a skill they much need. Uh, how do you feel about students interacting with different cultures and the importance of, of the students in your district being aware of of people from all across the world, um, how what their culture is like and, and how they interact with their government and how things are different uh, throughout the globe? I just think it's the ideal opportunity to promote and expose students to the world, to other cultures. Machu Picchu, beautiful. Peru, uh, the fact that you're reaching out and you're able to make connections to those students and that incredible culture. Cultures that we really don't even know about, right? Right. The more we know about others, the better we become of servicing and even helping each other, becoming more able uh, to help out locally. So whatever connection we do locally, can extend out um, to the world, right? It's sometimes we we work in a very small, insular uh, community. Although we think Miami is large, yet it's large. But the fact that you're promoting cultural connectedness with other towns or other cultures is powerful. Not only do they learn from us, but we learn from them. There's always something that we can learn from each other. And I really commend you for creating a cultural connection with Peru. And I am sure that both students at both ends, as, lo as well as the teachers, will be um, extremely, extremely proud uh, to be involved in what I consider a very enriching um, experience for students both in America and in Peru. I just think it's a wonderful opportunity. We need to interconnect more and more, and these are the ways that we we can do it. Thank you, Dr. Dolcher. So for any students watching, uh, you guys heard it right here. We're starting our brand new cultural exchange program. So we hope you stay tuned uh, for some time in, in August um, when we, we, can, we can start that. But we're about to start wrapping up. Uh, I just wanted to give you a chance. Any closing remarks? And a question we always like to ask is, if you could go back in time, give yourself a piece of advice, uh, what, what piece of advice would, would you give yourself? That's a great question. A, a piece of advice that I, that, probably could have, that I could give myself is that when I was in high school, right? When I was in high school, I should have been a little bit more focused in terms of what I wanted to do. But then again, I needed support for that, right? So if there's one thing I would have done differently is maybe in high school, just like you're doing, but I think now in high schools, I mean, come on, I graduated years ago. Now in high schools, we're more attuned to trying to help students find their path, right? What choices are they going to make after high school? Remember the bridge that I spoke about? Maybe had I been in high school, maybe a little bit more focused, maybe become more interested in what fields were out there, I might have taken a different route, although I'm happy where I am, but that's maybe one thing that I would have possibly done differently. And I say this because to students that may be listening to this podcast is please take advantage of CAP advisors, teachers, and everything that you have available at your high school to explore your passion, explore your interests. Don't wait after you graduate. High school is the perfect time to do so. Well, and mm -hmm. in addition to that, I want to commend you. Thank you. Number one, for the incredible young man that you are and for such a difference that you're making in making um, citizenship, right? Civic duty, 
civic involvement such an important component of what you're trying to project and what you're trying to instill in others. Congratulations. Thank you so much, Dr. Dulcers. And it's been such a pleasure having having you on and, and hopefully we can keep in touch and we can connect with our with our future events. Uh, but for all our students watching, we hope that this podcast was informative and, and we hope that you, you know that Dr. Dulcers uh, leading our school district. Uh, he cares about us and he cares about the student voice. Uh, but thank you all for watching. You can follow us on all social media platforms at Virtutum underscore Populo on Instagram and Twitter and at Virtutum Populo Inc. on Facebook. This has been the Civic Action Podcast. Thank you all for watching.